Welcome back to another episode of Requiem for a Podcast. Today, you're joining us at the beloved and infamous Satan's Poetry Lair. So if you're down near 35 Pine Street, come on in and join us for a little bit of Requiem for a Podcast Poetry Corner. So something that's always fascinated me with serial killers is the letters and poems and all the things that they would send to the police, the media, or things that they would write on the walls of their victims' houses. It's like they they have this message. They have this creative desire, this creative art inside of them that they just want to get out and share with the world. They want to share it with us. So today we brought in six of what I like to call master poets, master serial poets, murder poets, poets of the blood, killer words, however you'd like to describe them. And they're going to read their poems to you. And I hope you're going to enjoy it as much as I will. Just don't get any feisty ideas and hopefully it doesn't create any urges for you. Just sit back and enjoy and live through them. Don't go out. Try to make your own poem. Not like they did anyways. If you just want to write it down and that's it, that's good. Otherwise, you'll be joining the beast. And once you cross that path, there's no going back. So my first experience with killer's messages, I would say was when I was a kid. Now, I know that's a weird way to start out. It's like, what the fuck? What kind of childhood did you have? What kind of childhood did you have, right? I remember my first experiences with murder was, I want to say, shit, I think I was in like first grade in, in our school. It was a small farming town. We went on a little field trip, and it was just exploring the main street. And it's a, it's a small area, small farming town. And I remember one of the places that we went to was this old apartment type building type thing. When I say apartment type building, what I mean is like the bottom floor was some type of business and it still was at that point. And the upper floor uh, was an apartment. So they walked us around town, they walked this building and here they come and we walk up to it and the teacher, she's all talking about it. And she's like, yeah, so this murder happened. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are we going on? What's going on here? I'm fucking i'm i don't know i'm six years old we're talking about murder we're talking about killing people right so she's like tell me about it and this there was this door it was on the side of the building i can't remember if it's i don't think it was on the alleyway it was just on the side street but it was on the side of the building so you got the front of the store and on the side of it was the door that led up to the apartment and there was like a little glass window and she was telling us about it in detail and of course, this was, like I said, I was six years old. I'm about a little, a little fucking older than right now, right? So it was a long time ago, but she was telling about it how this dude came at this house, whatever, knocked on the door. And my memory might be construed a little bit, but the dude held the gun up to the, to the glass once it came. I was looking through and shot him through the glass. And it might be a little bit different from when I remember it. Who knows exactly? That's pretty much all I remember for the story. But that was my first real dive into murder and whether or not or how far that went into it i remember kind of going into the building a little bit because like i said this is the door that led up to the apartment so then a couple years later i was in i want to say third grade it was summer third grade that's what it was it was summer third grade this was back when you know this was early 90s so this is back when you you still you know summertime you still in the morning you know you get up and then you go meet your friends and you hang out all day and you come back when it gets dark that was your timeline. You know, you, your parents really didn't know what you were doing, where you were at, as long as you didn't get in trouble. And I guess as long as you didn't end up on the 
news headlines as missing and murdered and killed and everything was gravy, right? Everything was a fucking gravy train, man. So it was it was me, I want to say my sister, maybe one of her friends and a couple of my friends. We're all on our bikes, riding our bikes around, right? Because back then you rode your fucking bikes everywhere, man. Bikes were the fucking thing. I would hate to be a kid back then and not have a bike, man. That would have to fucking suck. Because everyone else has a bike, so it's like you got to walk everywhere. How can you meet up with them? I remember a few late, few years later, I would go and hang out with my friends, man, when I was probably in 7th or 8th grade or whatever, and I had my skateboard and shit, and they got their bikes, and we're like, let's meet up, and I meet up with my skateboard, and I felt like a fucking idiot because I got my skateboard. How the fuck am I going to keep up with these kids on their bikes? So imagine if you didn't have your bikes, that would suck. Anyways, we all had bikes. And one of the kids mentioned uh, about this murder house right this this fucking killer killing house and told us a little bit about the lore on it and everything like hey blah blah blah, blah fucking kill death blood right we're all into it because you know we're third grade so how old would we be in third grade let's say nine i don't know eight eight maybe around that age eight nine seven six ten Somewhere around there. I don't think 10, but somewhere around there. So, I mean, we're all interested. And we're like, oh, yeah, murder, mystery, fucking scary shit. You know, it's all fun. And everybody wants to tease each other and prove that they're, you know, tough and everything, right? So, so we're all get on our bikes and we're riding. It's not, oh, it's not very far away, but it's a little bit. So we start riding, we ride, and we come up onto the house and it's off the street, right? This is kind of a, kind of a, not necessarily a backcountry road, but it's it's a little bit of a backcountry road. It's still in town, but you know it's not it's not a city road. You know it's it's got uh, you know that rock gravel pavement shit, so it's not as upscaled as, as some other roads and shit. So it's a little bit off there. And you get up there, and it, the house is probably I would if I would have to guess, I would say maybe a hundred feet. Let's say meters, right? Twenty meters or yards? Twenty yards? I'd say there's twenty yards off the road. If I don't, if I had to guess. And what really sealed in this, the the whole kind of aura, the the feeling of this of this killing house, is the fact that this house looked run down. It looked haunted because I mean the the whole landscape was unattended. It was like everybody just forgot about it. Everything grew and nothing was attended to. It was just like okay, let's have all the weeds and all the trees and all all this shit just grow over this shit, and we'll all forget about it ever happened. That's what it looked like. So it really tied in the deal on this. Like okay. Yeah, this is a fucking murder house. Fucking goosebumps and shit, right? Because at this time, goosebumps was a big thing. I remember reading that shit. If you didn't, whatever. But back then, that was one of the books besides Stephen King because I was reading Stephen King in fourth, fifth grade, right? Kind of explains a lot about my fucking fucked up mentality, right? Anyway, so we get up there. And I remember one of the things that really stood out is the door. Like, there was uh, the door was, if I remember, I can't remember if it was completely open, but the screen door was like broken and all off to the side. It looked creepy as shit. So it's really sealing the deal on this. Like, oh man, this fucking does look creepy. I mean, it's abandoned. And that's already creepy enough when you're that age. Just like, oh yeah, I mean, just looking around. And we get inside. So we get inside this motherfucker. And there's some furniture, not a whole lot. But like, you know, there's a little bit of furniture and the place looks just trashed, right? Obviously, because no one's been in it for a while. You know, no one, obviously no one's living there. Maybe the fucking ghost, right? Because there's no salt around the doors or anything. So they're not, no one's keeping them in. No one's keeping them out. I guess they can go where the fuck they want. This place looks trashed. There's a little bit of furniture. So you walk in and it's the living room. And then you keep going through and it's the kitchen and like little dining room area, right? Little breakfast dining room area. I remember you turn turn right turn right again you know you walk a few paces turn right again that's there's a there was a little stairway down in the basement 
So we start going there, right? You're in a creepy house. You want to check out the fucking basement because the basement is the creepiest fucking thing for a fucking kid, no matter what. And then especially if you're in a murder house. So we start going over there. A couple of us do. We don't go all the way in the down in the basement. I kind of regret it to this day because like who fucking knows what's down in the basement? Because when, when we look in, the stairs go down, there's a little platform and then it turns and you don't see what's after the turn. But at the platform was this old fucking tube tv that was apparently thrown down there and sitting you know nestled up against it that looked it didn't look like it was placed there was you know a double barrel type shotgun that's from what i remember and so this really fucking sealed the deal okay there's a fucking tube tv that's thrown down there looks like a fucking shotgun you think these motherfuckers would have cleaned this shit up and maybe my memory is fucking with me a little bit because it was a long time ago and i saw what i want to saw or I, I, I saw what i wanted to see but that's what I remember. Fucking broken ass, black and white tube TV time frame. It had to have been black and white. Obviously, it wasn't on. If it was, that would have been some 666 hell Satan type of shit. And I would have fucking goddamn put some sigils on my fucking chest. I would have fucking started praising Satan from that fucking day so that the shit wouldn't rain down on me, right? But the double barrel shotgun, or I want to say the double barrel shotgun, kind of tied in the fucking deal. Like, why the fuck is this shit still here? I can't remember exactly where this was at on which walls, whether it was on the stair walls, the living room walls, I want to say yes. The kitchen walls, I want to say yes. But on the walls, not just one wall, but on the walls was shit written in red and, you know, like a dull red, darker red. And I, you know, I couldn't tell you if it was paint because who knows? This house has been there for a while. Maybe some kids are fucked around in it. But again, with that TV down there, a little bit of furniture, shotgun. This all seemed very fucking authentic. So on the walls was some shit written like, ha, 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 right? Some evil fucking looking shit. You'll never get me or blah, 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 right? But ha, ha, ha was definitely one of them. There was no, there was no poetic shit in a sense, but it was fucking creepy as fuck. So we went down there and then we, you know, all this shit started sinking in. We're like, oh, we got to get the fuck out of here. So we bolted. And those, that was my uh, early experience with fucking murder. As a kid. And ever since then, I've been fascinated as fuck with it. Especially with the notes, the letters, and the poetry that they that they send in. Even though some of it's like, you fucking nerd. Or, Jesus fuck, man. Like, that's stupid as fuck, right? But some of it is deep. So our first guest to tie it off is one of my favorites. Now, he doesn't necessarily write poems. He does write letters. But I will have to argue that his letters are poetry. I'll let you decide. So our first guest, David Richard Brickwitz also known as the Son of Sam. Hi, everybody. My name is David Richard Berkowitz, and I'm here to read you a little bit of my poetry. This one's called Craig. Because Craig is Craig, so must the streets be filled with Craig, and huge drops of lead poured upon her head until she was dead. Yet... The cats still come out at night to mate, and sparrows still sing in the morning. Thank you. Beautiful, David. Beautiful. I loved it. Craig is Craig. Fuck yeah, he is. Craig is fucking Craig. So Craig, so not Craig. So David, David is well known for sending letters to the police and to Craig, right? I know David is a terrible man, but he's one of, he's one of my favorites. This is craziness all in general. Just, it's really like, just, it intrigues me. Our next guest tonight 
is Miss Amelia Elizabeth Dyer. You might know her as the Reading Baby Farmer. Now, if you don't know about Amelia, you can kind of come to a conclusion from her alias. Just what she did. And if not, then sit tight, wait a little while, and we'll get to her in another episode. So, Amelia, take it away. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you. I just love being around all you little ones. Whoa, Amelia. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just get excited. So this poem that I'm reading you today is called Mother. It's one that's just as deep in my heart. And I hope you love it as much as I do. And maybe it provides a little inspiration for you. Mother. By nature, Lord, I know with grief I am a poor fallen leaf, shriveled and dry, near unto death, driven with sin as with a breath. But if by grace I made anew, washed in blood of Jesus too, like a lily I shall stand, spotless and pure, at his right hand. Marvelous. Wonderful, Amelia. Thank you. May I call you Liz? Oh, yes, you may. Well, Liz, that was a great poem. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, don't kill any more babies. So what I love about this is there's, there's a couple on here. There's a couple of guests that we have here that I'm not that I wasn't familiar with with their poems. I didn't know that they loved writing. And I always loved writing. I was never really good at it per se. You know, I think that's why I always liked uh what is his name? Chuck Chuck Bukowski. It's cuz his writing styles was I don't know, it was a little different. It was more I guess layman if you would like to say, if you could say it. A little different. He liked it. You know, he took a more poetry act, you know, because he was a poet. We took a little bit of more of a, listen, these are the rules of English. I don't give a shit. This is how I'm writing it. And I, I appreciate that because I hated writing the way they wanted me to tell, you know, how they wanted me to. It's like, okay, I know this is how you're supposed to write, but why can I not just defy that? And I've always wanted to defy things, I guess. I have a problem with authority. I don't know. Okay. But our next guest is someone you might know. He's a little, uh, I don't care for his face too much. But uh, this is is one you've probably heard of. If you've heard any serial killer poems, you've heard this poem. You know, I think it's a little overplayed, overpraised. But it is a good poem, and I like it because of what it means in the poem. It means a good thing, essentially. So, without further ado, our next guest... Dennis, the BTK Raider. Well, thank you. Hmm. Thank you for having me here today. I always wanted to come on any talk show and just, just read my poetry, read my words. I know you all want to listen to me, and I want you to hear what I have to say. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Twas perfect plan of deviant pleasure so bold on this spring night. <laughs> My inner failing hot with propension of the new awakening season. One, <laughs> with inner fear and rapture, 
my pleasure of entanglement, like new vines at night. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Drop a fear fresh spring rain would roll down your nakedness to scent to lofty fever that burns within. In that small world of longing, fear, rapture, and desperation, game we play fall on devil's ears. Fantasies spring forth, mounts to storm fury, then night clam at the end. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Alone, now in another time span, I lay with sweet enraptured garments across most private thought. Bed of spring moist grass, clean before the sun. Enslaved with control, warm wind, scenting the air. Sunlight sparkled, tears and eyes so deep and clear. Alone, again, I trod in past memories of meals and pondered why, for number eight was not. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Well, thank you, Dennis. So I'm sure you all know that Dennis, Dennis liked to write to the police and, and such. You know, he loved it. I don't know. He loved the attention, I guess, but. You know, there's some things you'll find about some serial killers that you think, okay, they want to get caught. It's like they know what they're doing. Some of them know what they're doing that's wrong. And they can't help themselves and they want to be stopped. And maybe that's that's part of Dennis. I don't know. Who knows? I, I, I'm pretty sure that he wanted to be caught. So next up, another female poetrist. I don't know if that's a word, but we're gonna we're gonna fucking coin it. Poetrist is Elizabeth Wetlaufer. Wetlaufer, right? So Elizabeth, another Elizabeth, Amelia Elizabeth Dyer, and Elizabeth Wetlaufer. If you're okay, guys, if you're dating a girl named Liz, watch the fuck out, okay? Just like Karen will call the cops on anybody that is not white, Elizabeth's going to murder some motherfuckers. Okay, so watch out. Elizabeth, please take it away. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And here's my poem. It's untitled, but it's lovely. She watches some life drain from the notch in his neck vein. As its soothing pools, it smothers a pain. Sweet stiletto, so sharp, craves another cut. Obeying her call, she moves to his gut. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much for having me. All right, so, all right, Elizabeth, calm down. So that was, uh, that was a shorter one, but it's, it's a good one. I like it. It's, I don't know which, I don't know the, because, okay, so we only have two female poetrists on the show tonight. And I don't know which I like better, Amelia Elizabeth or Elizabeth Elizabeth. I want to say I like Elizabeth Elizabeth better. Um, just because she, I don't know, the, the imagery that she goes into, I mean, she goes deep into it. Like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut these motherfuckers' veins. I'm going to, their pool of blood is just so enticing. 
you know, stilettos. She's talking about her fucking shit, her fucking high heels, and she's gonna fucking cut it in her fucking throat. And then she goes down to the gut and just seals the fucking deal. I mean, it's just really paints a picture for you. So I'm going with Elizabeth Whitloffer. Let us know who your favorite is of the Amelia Whitloff between the two Elizabeths. Who's your favorite? Next up is another famous murderer by the name of Israeli Keys. And if you don't know who Israeli Keys is, then uh, get your fucking head out of your butthole, okay? And start digging in. Because you should know who this dude is. So Israel, take it off. Alright, so I'm not going to get into a little tissy in the fact that y'all made me watch all these, you know, those on the infomercials, you got them ab machines that electroshock your abs and everything. I don't know how long I've been waiting. Like I said, I'm not going to get into tissy about it, that you made me wait for all these people to go through because I'm not last, obviously. And if I'm not last, I should have been first. But anyways, here is my poem. You are my love at first sight. And though you are scared to be near me, my words penetrate your thought now in an intimate prelude. Your face framed in dark curls like a portrait. The sun shone through your highlights of red. What color, I wonder, how straight will it turn plastered back with the sweat of your blood? Your wet lips were promised of a secret unspoken. Nervous laugh as it bursts like a pulse of blood from your throat. There will be no more laughter here. All right, thank you, Israel. Thanks, and I love that you shared it with us. I'm sorry we had to make you wait. Watching those dreadful infomercials, but it was, uh, but thank you. Thank you, Israel. So being at Satan's Poetry Lair, I think it's only appropriate that we end this off with the man himself. David Berkowitz. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. I have two poems to finish this off tonight, and I'm very grateful that you let the demon speak. The monster speak. Here we go. I am the monster, Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth I love to hunt, prowling the streets looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are the prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt, my life, blood for Papa. Very good, very good, David, very good. My next poem is about Greg. Greg Glassman, you have been chosen. You have been chosen to die. Craig, I curse your mother's grave. I curse your mother's grave. I am pissing on her, Craig, urinating on her head. Your mouth is filled with cum. Your blood is sour. You, Craig Glassman, are truly Satan's child. And now, he wants you by his side. Come join him in death, little ones. 
Master Glassman, you are a man with power. The power of darkness. You are hereby ordered to unleash your terror upon the people. Destroy all good and ruin people's lives. Begin immediately. Mighty Craig, where's your weapon? If you don't obey the commands, the commands of your father, then you will be punished. I swear, Glassman, your life will be pure hell. Wonderful. Wonderful, David. Wonderful. Son of Sam, everybody. Son of Sam. Now, again, David's son of Sam's, right? His originally wasn't, I don't think, believed to be put in his poetry. More just letters to the police. Cheering him on, you know, and then his glassman was, you know, his neighbor. You know, was he the son of Sam? I don't know. Was it really David? Or was he trying to warn us? The proof is in the evidence. We already know. So here we are. Satan's Poetry Lair. 666. Mark of the fucking beast, right? Hail fucking Satan. This is where the demon's words come out at night. And I'm thankful that you're all are here with us to take a little artful path through the mind of a serial killer in the inspirational, creative literature that is possessed in those headache and demon-filled minds that they have. Again, thank you. Hope you enjoyed this little uh, special segment that we have. And if you have any poems that we did not cover, any guests that we did not cover, please email us at recordforapodcast at gmail.com. Until next time. Yeah.